third one is we will do this as difficult as it will be with the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember, our faith had to grow because God's grace was the only thing that could get us through that, just like in salvation. And so I said the third thing will be we get through this and we get married and God will bless our marriage and our future family. Guess which one happened? Number three. And you can have that same thing, but you cannot do it on your own. And the biggest part of that question is the middle of that when it says when sex is very real and hard, especially when you've been used to having sex. You know why it's hard? Because you've given into the flesh over and over again. And not only has it physically felt good, but it has emotionally and mentally wired your brain to expect that and only find the satisfaction in the flesh. You have to die to that, unlearn that, and learn to live in the Holy Spirit. It is a day-to-day dying and a day-to-day renewal and living that we can only do in Christ. So that's how we did it, and we have been blessed. And I tell her every year at anniversary, I said, if it just keeps getting better, and I'll be 61 in a few days. And uh, if it just keeps getting better, I don't know what we're going to do when we reach our 50th anniversary. (laughs) I'll be... I will be 80 years old when we reach that. So, uh, but God is good and he blesses that. But here's the thing, as I told you before, with the guy that called me from a villa on the Mediterranean Sea in Italy on his first year anniversary, I think I said honeymoon in the book, but he corrected me after he read it and said it was actually on the first year anniversary, but I remember that. He said, um, brother, you told me that if I did it God's way, you could not explain it, but it would be more incredible than anything I'd ever experienced in in this life physically and he said you're right i just wanted to call you and tell you that so you can do it your way and take the shortcuts but not only are you robbing yourself of what god of god's best but you are sowing in the flesh and you will reap destruction somewhere down the line well i don't want that for you we don't want that for you so uh we'll leave it at that for now and uh another question here that's come in concerning marriage should you marry someone and hope and believe they will change who say they're wanting to get their life in order as far as their anger, finances, rage, which is just amplified anger, but not putting the work in to change? Happy pre-birthday. Thank you very much. Whoever said that. Let me answer this very simply. Most people will call this missionary dating. And if you are honest with yourself, remember we got to go back. Uh, someone asked last week, Uh, how do we deal with the wounding in our life? And I said, for most of us, the first thing we have to do is acknowledge our own contribution to that wounding. You know what that's called? Confessing our sin. I'm wounded first and foremost because I'm a sinner and I gave in to that. Now, that for some people, things happened to them that were out of their control. We got to acknowledge that as well. But more than likely, when the enemy gets in there, either by my own sin or by the sin of another against me, what he does is then give us opportunities to act on that in the flesh, and we continue to do so. We continue to act in that way. And that digs the hole deeper and takes us further down into that flesh rather than moving in the spirit. So here's what happens in this question, the simple question in missionary dating where we think we're going to win someone to the Lord through that, if we're really honest with ourselves, the reason we're trying to hold on is likely because we have either in our mind and emotions and probably with our bodies 
have already given ourselves to that person and we have bonded to that person. And now it's very hard to let go, even though we see, and these are not only yellow flags, the rage word is a red flag. And, it, and, and probably the finances are either out of control or they're absolutely controlled. That's usually the two extremes. Someone who doesn't know how to control it or controls it completely. Neither one of those will work well in a marriage. And if you're seeing those, do I would I tell people all the time, don't continue to pursue that relationship. Move out of it and and share with them, this can't work until I see your life turned around. And they will beg you, likely, well, you can help me. If you're not seeing it already, it's because they're already having their cake and eating it too. And that is mostly in relationship to sex or to have some, a companion and some sex. And that's what keeps them in and you in the relationship and you're not being honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself. And the ones who have honestly responded to that have come back to me and said, thank you. And the ones that haven't have either moved on and the, the relationship has been destructive 100% of the time, or they come back later and go, we're in a mess. You told us we would be. Can you help us now? I said, I can't, but the Lord can. But let me tell you this. You have given the enemy a lot of ammunition and territory and now it's going to be even more difficult, but here's the beauty of it. You're going to have to rely even more on your relationship with and the grace of God and the strength that he gives you by Christ and through the Holy Spirit. So I hope that helped with that answer, uh, with, that, with that question, to understand you will not change them by continuing in the path you're going down. You have to move away from that, cut it off, not continue in usually sinful behavior, whether it's in the mind, but more likely in the body. And then you will find you can be, and it's going to hurt a little bit. I'm not, and, and I understand that pain. But you will not get anywhere by continuing in sin, thinking that the bonding is of the Lord when it's of the enemy. He has used your emotional and physical bonding, which is what happens when we have sex, or even in our mind. That's why pornography and pornea are so devastating that we have a difficult time getting out of it. And so you will continue to get closer in that when you don't really want to. And so the anger will subside for a moment and then get worse. Subside for a moment and then get worse. Because you've not done the things that needed to be done and allowed the Lord to do what needed to be done to actually change that and get out of it so that it can be changed. I hope that helped. Yeah, I brother Brad, Amy. Uh, this is... Uh... <laughs> This is this is good. This is really good. This is really good. I appreciate those um, comments. Um, and can y'all still hear me? I just want to, um, if the line is open too, if there's anybody else who has a uh, a question that they want to um, ask, uh, but those are really some good, uh, profound answers, responses. Um, I just want to open the line. Amen. Yeah, anybody um, who um, has um, a question. Can you, you hear me? One? Bless the Lord. Yes. Go ahead, Evangelist Phyllis. Yes. Yes, I'm just on my edge of my seat wanting to say something. <laughs> thank yeah, you for opening well, the well, lineup. Yeah, yeah. Bless the Lord. Um, thank you for those beautiful words uh, from you and Sister Amy. Bless the Lord. Um, my brother and sister, um, as you were talking, and I was remembering a relationship that I was the one trying to set the boundaries. I was the I was the godly person 
trying to point it out to him of how we should have this relationship without sex. And if we want to have a a, a, a a godly marriage, if we want to be in God's favor, and kept trying to press up on that, press up on that, press up on that. But when you were talking, uh, Sister Amy and Elder uh, Greg, my God, it just, the Holy Spirit just said, if the man, if the man is the strong one that establishes the boundaries, you establish the boundaries, Elder, and set those boundaries, it's, that that just weighs so much more with the relationship. Let the man set the boundaries. If he's the godly person in a relationship and wants to see this thing through until you get married, he should be the one to step up and do that, and it'll make the difference. Because as much as I was trying to press upon this uh, person that I was dating, that, you know, we should wait, we should wait, we should wait, it did not sink in. It didn't sink in until he decided that he wanted to do it and set the boundaries. And then we went to the we went to the pastor of our church and sat down and talked with him. And he's looking at us like, y'all old enough. Y'all know all these things. Why are we sitting here talking about this? You know these things. You know what the Word of God says about sex before marriage. You know what the Word of God says about fornication. And I was just like, I'm just... I thank God for this conversation because there's so many people needing these answers. And you asked the question, uh, uh, Chaplain Rounds, who do we have the authority to love? Who do we? My question is, what if they don't love you back? What do you do? That ah, is painful. Well, they don't love you well, back. That's a great. No matter how much you try to love them, they don't love you back. And they have so much anger and and bitterness inside of them. They don't want to forgive. What do you do? Amen. Bless the Lord. Hey, Sister Phyllis, that's, thank you, first of all, for your encouragement and confirmation. But let me share two things, and then I'll get to your question. Number one, I can give you the contrast of what you just talked about according to God's Word. Remember, I shared what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart with regard to God's covenant order, and what you are seeing is that when men don't step into the role that they've been given, we're, we're, it's not. But let me say this: not only the role, but the responsibility. We're not only supposed to be in that role; we're supposed to carry that burden, that responsibility in a broken world, to be the Amen. servant leader in our relationships, and our spouses, and our children, and our churches. That's what God laid out very clearly. It's in line with His order. So it's not just about marriage. It's not just about church. It's about them coming together to show that kind of love and what you just described was and what what is our culture done it is it is basically emasculated and ridiculed men to actually tear them down as as men as husbands and fathers and yet do you know what's happened it's made it so much easier for men to go get sex sex almost anywhere they want it if man, i don't man. have to be in, if if i don't have to be in a role of, or a responsibility to be a leader, a servant leader, then I'll just go have my cake and eat it too. I'll just go get what I want. But if I'm taking God at his word, which is the opposite of the culture, I'm going to be responsible for this, not only with this woman, but I am exclusively share, saving myself for this woman and for no others. That's part of the responsibility. When we choose not to do it God's way, we end up finding ourselves sleeping around or, or, or lording it over or just taking what we want and then leaving. 
And, and that literally, God made us, if you know anything about oxytocin and vasopressin, two hormones that God gave us in creation, that literally the scientists have now figured out, finally, 6,000 years later, that these are now called the bonding hormones, especially oxytocin. Women release it during romantic touches, all the way from hand-holding into intercourse, and men release it during more deeper romantic touches, because we're a little more stubborn with that, okay? But women also release it during labor, bonding with their child, children, and during nursing, bonding with their children. So they bond with their husband or with someone on a screen or someone they sleep with, men or women, one time or a few times and leave them. And that leads to the second, the question you had, uh, Sister Phyllis, about how do we love even when the other person won't? Two things we've got to do there. Number one, we've got to make sure that we're, we're, we're understanding, as I've talked about before, love from God's truth. Is my love rooted in God's truth according to his word? Am I loving this person that way? And or is this person loving me that way? Or am I drawn to this person through what God gave me, but he wanted me to bring under control attraction, uh, turn-ons, you know, those kind of things that God, emotions and feelings. And if that's all it is, then I've failed to order that under God's truth, and I have fallen for a person with the attraction and the lust and the appeal rather than walking through it according to God's truth, and now I'm caught in a trap. And the other person likely has done the same thing, and if they don't know God's truth or have never really known it, then they begin to either take what they got out, one out of it, and then move on, and that's very hurtful. Or they keep trying to make it work the worldly way, according to the world. 